You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcast.com. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan and can't remember the last time I got a girl to take care of my monkey. And I'm Mark. And you owe me a waffle. Always think I owe you waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Mark always wants food. (laughs) I'm a serial snacker, that's why. Uh, So yeah, how how you been? It's been a couple of weeks since we last uh, met up to do a podcast. It has. It's been been fun times. Just lots of uh, the usual nerd chilling that we get up to. Yep. And uh, we got to see that uh, Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer got together, but also didn't get together. Yes, the internet decided based on a random rumour, I guess, that they were dating. And then in the same week decided they weren't dating. Well, I, I saw there was a, a thing on Facebook, which is like the son said they were dating because one of her best friends, because it's always a best friend who just goes, I'm bored today. I'm just going to email someone at the sun and go, yeah, my friend's dating someone. Like, I love that one of Jennifer Patterson's friends even supposedly knows what the sun is. Yeah. Like it's a trash newspaper in the UK. And I'm like, oh no, but they get it in the States. Like, yeah. All right. It's, it's probably a great way to just fill some editorial, isn't it? Just go, friend says this thing happened to someone. Like, don't, don't need actual facts or anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Sun would ever use an actual source, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm sure if they did, they wouldn't name who the source was. No. Uh, so yeah, the, the internet blew their collective mind. Um I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, at first I was like, this isn't right. It's like a dog walking on his back legs. I was like, yeah. no, I don't want it. And then <laughs> after about five minutes, I was like, it's actually kind of, I quite like the idea that they've, you know, confessed their feelings to the sort of world, to the friend's fandom. And then many years later, it's finally happened. I'm like, that's actually kind of nice. It maybe feels a little forced, though, after everything. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could have just been a thing where they, you know, it was brought up for the, in the reunion. Yeah. And then they met up potentially and we're like oh man that was weird that we kind of confessed about that or oh i had sarah on the phone and she knew something was going on between us back then and then it just kind of happened as as long as uh david didn't have his camera out ready with with some wine (laughs) on the sofa uh yeah and then it it turns out that it's potentially your you know most probably not true right yeah i mean it'd be cool if it was true because you know we always want people to be happy yeah of course they were happy together i kind of most of the talk I saw on UK TV about it, um, it's odd that it made TV, to be fair, was about how it's good because now people will stop referring to Brad Pitt every time they mention Jennifer <laughs> Aniston. And I was like, the irony that you are now talking about Brad Pitt. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like they're not, they've not been together for, what, over a decade at this point. No, and they wasn't together that long anyway, were they? No, and it's like, well, okay, clearly you're part of the problem then, random TV show, if you're mentioning Brad yep. Pitt at this point. But then the internet went on, like, wouldn't it be even better if, you know... Monica and Chandler are actually together properly. And I was like, oh, it's just shipping people. Yeah, no, it's, it's just got odd now. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Matthew Perry, never really seen him as, like, been interesting Courtney Cox in that way. I don't know. I mean, well, the, I guess it's the difference between, as much as you feel you know the characters, I don't necessarily feel the same way about knowing the cast. No. So no. I have no idea if any of them as a group make even remotely compatible couples. No, no, um, exactly. The idea of being like, they should be together. When people ship fictional characters, I kind of get it because yeah. there's enough material out there for you to know both the characters. But knowing an actor is something else entirely. I'm a real person. Why would you try and randomly match up people? Oh, yeah, because we've said in previous episodes how Courtney Cox is a bit like Monica in that she's a bit of a neat freak and stuff like this and competitive. But she, she isn't Monica. No. Like, she, she's a totally different person, and we don't know what she's like outside of this. 
Yeah, I mean, I can relate to, to Ross in quite a few ways, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not Ross. <laughs> you are not David Schwimmer, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's our preamble over, isn't it? So we should probably get into this, this week's episode. It's definitely an odd week, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I guess get back to the point of the podcast. And uh, I, I don't know, I think Friends Chat is, at friends the start, is all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it's a nice, it was a nice story while it lasted, but yeah. it didn't last very long, did it? And, and we've given away when we record this and how how far ahead uh, we record these compared to when they're released. Who knows? They could be married now. Like we yeah, could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could be sisters, and as this yeah. goes out, everyone's like, "What are they talking about? They're married." And it's like we didn't record this <laughs> fifteen weeks ago <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we're finally on to the new episode of Friends. We are. It's very exciting. I like this episode. Uh, it opens with Rachel at work. She's still being fantastic at her job, Mark. She's reading okay. off a list of teas to an American customer. Not that it matters because Americans can't make tea. No, That's all can't. I think about when I watch this episode. But, but also in the mid-90s, Americans weren't interested in tea. Like now it's a thing. You can get tea in the States. And I think it started off as a bit of a, not like a nerd culture thing, but a kind of you know niche thing that kind of people would get into a hipsterish way. And then it's just kind of a bigger deal now. Yeah, I guess. I mean... I didn't know anyone back then that in the UK that drank anything other than what's now called breakfast tea or Earl Grey. They were like the two teas that... Or PG Tips because that's the one you would see advertised everywhere. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that's the brand. That also had a monkey in it. It did. It had several. Though, <laughs> so it was great to or be well, fair. Well, chimps. Chimps, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but I mean, Americans can't make tea. No. They definitely couldn't in, what, 2000 and... So why, why don't you explain to our American listeners... The right way to make tea. We can be informative for once. Informative, all right. So, depends if you're making a pot of tea for multiple people or a cup of tea for yourself. Okay. Technically, it shouldn't differ, but who's got time to make a pot every single time? But if you're making a cup of tea in a cup, boil the kettle, put the key tea bag into the cup, you then pour the water into the cup to fill it, let it stand for a bit or brew or whatever phrase you want to use to describe the tea, you know, diffusing into the water. Yep. Then you take the tea bag out, put a dash of milk in, there you go, there's your tea. Because the, the problem is most Americans will put like the tea or the coffee in first, then the cold milk onto it, which obviously, you know, infuses with it, but it's cold. And then when you put the hot water on it, it kind of doesn't, doesn't separate right. No, it messes with the milk. Yeah. It's kind of, no, it's just not right. Well, I mean, I don't, I've probably told the story before of when I went to New York and the chap made yep, awful had, tea. We have had um, that. It's like my one, like, <laughs> Americans can't make tea, and here's my proof story. <laughs> so, but, so, so, you know, you can go out there and spread the word and teach people how to make, you know, proper tea. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if you've got the time, you should use loose-leaf tea and have a diffuser and, you know, make tea properly. But I, I think this is uh, a chat for a different podcast. Yeah, like, you know, it's so much like in the morning when you need to get to work, making but, it in a couple do. What, watching your tea brew. <laughs> I bought some, I saw, what's it called? It's Mercy of the Iron Goddess tea the other day. Okay. It's really strong and really, really nice. Um, but I can't remember what it is in Chinese, but it translates roughly as Mercy of the Iron Goddess. T- tea for me is just for dunking like chocolate biscuits in. I mean, I both approve and it's heresy at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Like, I agree on the dunking biscuits, but tea's, tea is life. <laughs> but Rachel lists off this giant list of teas to this customer and then turns out that that isn't the customer that actually asked about her tea. No, because she's terrible at her job. She's awful. Uh, but then Monica arrives to rescue her from the awkward situation to deliver her mail which is a really odd thing to do. Yeah, why would you bring it downstairs? You know she can just look at it when she finishes work. Yeah, I can't imagine you walking into my place of work and just passing me my post across the table. No. Unless it said, ultra-emergency, must read immediately. I mean, I guess it's kind of different in the fact that it's 2021, so if 
a company or someone needed me in an emergency, they'd call me. Yeah. And it's no more direct access to me. But even the letter, I'd be like, well, I'm unlikely to be able to fix this situation immediately anyway because I'm at work. No. Unless it was, dear Ryan, just to let you know, so-and-so's died. I'm like, well, again, you could have called. It's just weird. It's a no. very weird thing to do. Um, I guess it kind of makes more sense and you look at the context of how the gang see Central Perk. And it does kind of seem more like their shared living room than a place of business. I guess so. So maybe, but it's still weird. I mean, if I was Gunther, I'd be like, Richard, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you at work, do your job when you're looking at your post. Yeah. Not acceptable. But one of the items in the post is the Country Club newsletter. And uh, let's have a listen to what that's all about. Country Club newsletter. My mother sends me the engagement notices for inspiration. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's Barry and Mindy. Barry, who you almost... Barry, who I almost... And Mindy, your maid of... Mindy, my maid of... <laughs> That's Mindy? Wow, she is pretty. Lucky. <laughs> to have had a friend like you. <laughs> Great recovery from money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, her mum sending her inspiration work. Like, here's other men that you can't have. Yeah, like it's like this weird pressure of like these people are engaged. Yeah, why aren't you? Yeah, and I'm glad I haven't got pushy parents. Um, yeah. It would it would just drive me mental. Casey, my mum brings out her classic. I'll never see my grandkids because my sight will have gone by the time you will have the uh, <laughs> line, which is her. Why haven't you got kids yet? Yeah, if um, if, if if it was that easy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, well, it's, she used to say it when I was with my ex. Right. And then you're like, get a move on you too. And then she'd say it to my sister. My sister gets it worse than I do uh, when it does happen because she can physically have kids. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but now it's great because she'll be like, I'm never going to see your grandkids. And I go, I keep dating lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kind of closes that and you're like, oh, whatever. But she's got four kids, you know. Yeah. There's three of us that can take care of this. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be me. I'm basically still a child. <laughs> man child for sure definitely yeah. <laughs> so you know I guess I should be thankful for small mercies but uh, it's a very weird thing for a parent to do it is especially as Rachel's what 25 at this point yeah I guess maybe mid 90s at 25 like your parents probably married quite young they would assume you to marry that sort of age whereas now like you look at even just celebrities and they're getting married in their 40s and 50s yeah. and having kids that late which I find odd I think it's in Holland where if you're not married on your 25th birthday, hmm. you're free, you have to sit on a chair and your friends and family pout you with like flour and paint and stuff to, as like a kind of like, why aren't you married? Right. Have some punishment. Um, which is really, I think it may only be women. That well, I, I, know, I know in a lot of Asian countries or certain Asian countries that if you're not married by a certain age, you're, you're basically seen as, you know, gone. Like, like, like you're like, over like, the hill like, damaged yeah, goods. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, by that point. And, and it, it's quite a shame because, you know, we live to... Quite an old age now, and you don't need to be married to have kids before you're 30. Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, you. when I said, like, earlier, like, I find it a bit weird celebrities having, like, kids in their 50s. It's like, I, there is an age range where you probably should have kids, because you don't want to have a kid in your 50s, and by the time, like, they're 15, you're, you know, 65, and not being able to go on the roller coasters at Disney World with them anymore, or whatever. Yeah, like, I hate the idea that well, my kid will be, like, what, 10 or 12, wanting to play right. football, or hopefully, you know, they're my child hockey. And I'm too old to skate. You're like, well, I can't yeah. teach you how to crush, uh, to crush Joe. One, two, one, two. Can't teach you is nowadays. I'm too old. Yep. I don't want to break a hip. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's a terrifying yeah. idea. But again, I know plenty of people in their 50s to play hockey. So. Well, yeah, there, there, there is an age range where you, you kind of probably should have kids, but you don't absolutely need to have them by 
whatever anyone else determines, basically. No, I mean, it was a different world, I would say, for Rachel and the gang in the 90s, and it's definitely yeah. a different world in 2021. And and for her parents, they wanted her to marry rich. Yeah, I guess. I suppose it's more of a societal status thing yeah. for, for the, the green parents, yeah. as it would be for everyone else. I mean, I guess I'm a diehard romantic rebel, like, I want to marry for true love. <laughs> and the idea of my mum being like, marry that rich girl, I'd be like, but she's awful. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends how rich she was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, ladies, if you're rich, <laughs> you can contact us. Get Ryan it. is single and ready to mingle. Write into the show if you don't know what a prenup is, and we're all, <laughs> we're all good. <laughs> but now, but then later in the day, Ross and Rachel are eating takeaway with the help of Marcel. And I don't know why. For some reason, watching Friends again this time, I'm always really excited when Marcel pops up. Yeah, he's uh, he's not as bad as I remember, and he's in it a lot more often. He's, he's, he has pretty funny moments. I think it may be because having watched the reunion and found out that David Trimmer wasn't overly enamoured with working with Marcel, I, my brain quite likes the idea that he was a mischievous monkey on set. Yes. And it makes me happy that he's there, as opposed to him just being the monkey that Ross has got. Yeah, because you, you actually notice when he's doing things, you're like, oh yeah, I can imagine him being worse. Yeah, like how many shots did this take? Yeah. <laughs> or how many takes did this shot take? Yeah. Um, well, they're eating some food, and Ross asks Marcel to pass him the rice. Which he actually does. Yeah. You know, he's, he's getting better. I mean, helper monkeys are a real thing. You can get actual yeah. helper monkeys. I want one. <laughs> It'd be great. But it would probably quit. It's like, I'm not making it. <laughs> no, no. Like, he's made me put the kettle on 17 times in the past hour. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just not doing it. Just the long... Marty monkey. <laughs> <laughs> just the long line of monkeys yeah. that refuse to serve my house. Yeah. Like, no, we're not going to... Mon- well, where I live. I almost said the name, then the market, but like, oversharing oh, again. But, um, you know, but, you know it's, at least he gave him the rice, which is better than peeing on him. Yeah, I mean, I imagine Marcy's probably pissed on a lot of food. Yep. To be fair, a bit grim. But uh, Ross notices that Rachel is a bit zoned out and not really paying attention to the story. No. I mean, he's trying to make a joke and she's just not really there, is she? No. And she apologises and explains that Barry and the Mindy getting engaged has made her feel different. And she well, she, she wouldn't feel this bad if she had someone. If she doesn't yeah, I, I wonder if this is more like a a woman thing than a man thing where... If your friends are doing things, you feel like you need to also be doing them. So if your friends are getting married or having kids or whatever, you kind of feel a bit left out, maybe? Yeah, I guess, I suppose. I mean, especially nowadays with social media and people share so much of their life yeah. online and, and this really idealised, you're only seeing what I want you to see kind of way. That if you're in a relationship and four of your friends all get engaged in the same year, you're like, why hasn't the person asked me to marry them. And I guess from my experience, it's more likely that my male friends are single compared to female friends. Yeah, I'd probably say so. I mean, admittedly, we're your male friends, so that kind of explains (laughs) it. Well, well, they are more than just you, right? But yeah, so yeah, yeah, maybe there's more expectations, isn't there? Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, men don't really like when... As even though a marriage is, you know, the coming together of two people and the giving and receiving, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like men, almost like marriage happens to men and women get married. Like you're, um, the groom is an essential part of the wedding, but I almost feel like it's all about the bride. It's all about yeah. It's weddings are, are tailored more towards the bride, aren't they? And the man is just part of the experience. Yeah, and then you have the, the classic cliche that you know uh, the woman's husband is her husband, but the wife's the ball and chain. Yeah, uh, marriage is definitely put across to. To, I guess, single blokes as, oh my God, that woman's going to take over your life. And it's like, that probably happened way before you got married, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least now it's, you know, <laughs> legally binding. Exactly. Uh, but then Rachel decides to explain to us how she feels. Let's have a listen. Oh, oh I guess 
would be different if I were with somebody. Whoa, what, uh... <laughs> what happened to, uh... Forget relationships. I'm done with men. The whole uh, penis embargo. Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess it's, it's not about no guys. It's, it's about the right guy, you know? Hmm. I mean, with Barry, it was, it was safe and it was easy, but there was no heat. Mm. You know, with the Paolo, that's all there was, was heat. And, and I mean, it was just this raw, animal, sexual... Right, right. I, I got it. <laughs> I was there. Well, I mean, do you think you can ever have both? You know, someone who's like your, who's like your best friend, but then also can make your toes curl. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, I do. I really do. Uh, in fact, it's funny. Very often, someone who you wouldn't think could, could curl your toes might just be the one who, uh, who... Hi. Gets interrupted. Hi. Oh my god, Ross, just say it. Don't make a read between the lines. I mean, this is a really odd, odd scene to me because Rachel and Ross both seem to have forgotten that they had a conversation about some kind of attraction a long time ago. Well, that was a year ago at this point. Yeah. I feel like you don't forget that kind of stuff. You don't, but I feel like it's easy to go, oh yeah, at the time we had this conversation and nothing's happened in a year, so maybe, you know, nothing's going to happen. Also, you know, we've still got Julie... We got Julie to come, I suppose. Yeah. So, so you know, she's thinking. Well, now Ross clearly doesn't care about me anymore. Rachel wasn't that into him. Look, I guess. Oh, just well. I suppose it's Rachel being a bit clueless because I've been on the the Ross end of this conversation where you're chatting to someone you're into about mm. their partners or whatever or relationships, and they've gone into a little bit more detail than you'd like. Yeah. About the dynamics, and you're like, I don't want to hear this. God, Ross, just like just just say it instead of like. Making her read between the lines. Yeah, I mean, at this point, especially when you were like, why does he take so much preamble to get to get to the point? Yeah. Just ask Rachel out. Just be like, you know what? What about me? Yeah, because they obviously spoke about this for a year ago, and clearly, I guess Rachel is not into him, or has that gone? Well, it's been a year, nothing's happened. I, you know, he's moved on, right? Yeah, I mean, or to be honest, if I was Ross, this wouldn't be the time I brought it up because she's currently mourning the bloke she left at the altar getting engaged to her former best friend. It's, it's not the opportunity to be like, what about me? Because well, I, no, I feel like he could do that. Like, you know, how about we go out for a date? And then you can judge from there because she might go, ah, no, of course not. No, we're friends. Or she might go, ah, okay. And I feel like at this point, Rachel's fantasizing about like some idealized man that exists in her, her mind that isn't real. And certainly isn't Ross at this point. Yeah, she, she's a bit too positive about Barry, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's, you know, you you didn't want it, but now someone else does. So you'd be like, well, did I make a mistake? Like, was mm. was there something worth keeping there? Because this person's seemingly interested. Yes. I but, mean, but, but I'm reading the show notes here, and I think you need to, to read this out. Which bit? Uh, about the heat. Well, yeah, I mean, she keeps telling him about how much heat there was. And I've been in a situation where I've been into a girl, and she's been telling me about, you know, recent encounters or partners. And being entirely oblivious to, to my feelings. They've gone into detailed descriptions of stuff and I'm like, I don't need to hear this. Good Lord. It's excruciating. I don't want to hear yeah. this. Like, just back down. Like, shush. <laughs> Plus, why, why share that information? You don't need to. 
might be a power thing. Whatever, like she and her partner get up to, I don't need to. No, I don't need a detail play by play. Like I don't need a seven, seven, seven. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I'm yeah. very happy that you and your boyfriend have a nice time. I don't. Need I, to hear I'm, about I'm glad it's just a free. <laughs> yeah, <not> a seven. <laughs> it's just oh no, it's just odd to me, and it's excruciating. But what I really like about this is at the end of the clip, Russ says, "Someone who could curl your toes might be the one who gets interrupted." Yeah. No one comments on this and no one hears it. It's one of these like magical TV moments where you get to say something and it's just a zero fallout from it. Yeah. Like I'm sure we've all had these times where you, you say a funny joke and no one's heard it and you're like, Where's where's the studio audience? I, I want everyone to laugh at what I've just done. You're like, oh, no one gets it. No no one got that. Yeah, it's it's awful when a joke doesn't land, to be fair. But pretty much. I mean, the gang storming completely ruining Ross's Oh, I mean, was he going to take a shot? I no, no, it's not a moment. I mean, they probably saved him, right? Yeah, I feel like, you know, the all screaming shoot. If it's yeah. just like sport, <laughs> yeah. if it's a sport, like, shoot, shoot, doesn't shoot. And then before you know it, he gets poke checked and the puck's off his stick. It's just terrible. Uh, another, another reference I don't get. Hockey. <laughs> yes, I understood that bit. <laughs> but uh, the, the gang get back and it's, it's the rest of the gang, basically. Phoebes, Monica, Chandler and Joey. And they're all discussing the movie they've just seen. The girls loved it and the boys not so much. Apparently, it's a total chick flick. Which is not something you hear that much anymore, right? No, I mean, I, I tend to like quite a ra- wide range of movies. And I'll, my, one of my favourite movies is Love Actually. And that used to get called a chick flick. I'm like, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't you like it? Um, the only movie that I think, when you say chick flick, the one film my brain goes to is The Notebook. Okay. W- without fail. It's the, it, there was like a probably about a two-year span a few years ago where every woman I knew was just obsessed with the notebook and would cry every time it was on and it would, they'd watch it on like Thursday and then Channel 4 would show it a week later and they'd watch it again and I'm like why am I only hearing about this movie it's a nightmare it sounds awful I, I, I guess Chick Flick became rom-com didn't it so, I so it had to have the, the romantic part but it had to have the comedy for I guess people like us who didn't really want the, the Chick Flick bit of it that's true especially if you compare like Runaway Bride to, to like Love Actually yeah. Love Actually is a good rom-com because it's about relationships it's yeah. not necessarily about one particular woman trying to find the man of her dreams no um pretty woman actually i quite like chick flicks pretty woman's quite good maybe i do like chick flicks <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is where you reel off a list of them isn't it <laughs> i have i have seen a lot of girly movies to be fair i uh, i used to hate dirty dancing and, okay. and the bodyguard they were the two movies that my all well, i grew up in a house of just women apart from myself so every time there was a, a chick flick on it would be be, be watched you know what it's like back in the day there's one TV in the house yeah. and everyone watches whatever your parents decide to watch and yeah we had to watch them all so I hated Dirty Dancing because I was just sick of seeing it and I didn't enjoy it it was boring it was about dancing and there's no explosions on you know, <laughs> like who wants to watch it and then The Bodyguard that still bores me to tears Whereas you, where you think of films like Bridesmaids now yes yes whilst it is like aimed as a comedy it, it does go back to like those sorts of films of like it's about a wedding and about getting married and well, I think like with bridesmaids, the the wedding and the bridesmaids are the the setting for the the joke. Mm. It's not the actual content of the movie. Like no. the movie's funny, they just happen to be in that situation. Yep. Whereas if old like nineties and early two thousands rom coms, the whole point of the film, like Muriel's wedding, oh Christ, that movie's just you've not seen yeah, it. Yeah, seen it. Yeah, I've not seen that. Oh. Is, is, is that another British? I think it's Australian. Is it Australian? Because I always think of like four weddings and a funeral whenever anyone says stuff like that, and I'm just like, I know the names, and everyone went on about it, but. Again, that would be something my mum forced me to watch back in the yeah. day. Um, it's not something I've watched again. Night and Kill I've watched a few times. Yes, all, all these kind of British... Yeah, anything Richard Curtis I've probably watched. Oh, cause he's and and Jeremy Hugh Grant is in them. He is. I mean, 
I don't know, were you more of a Hugh Grant person or more of a, what's the other chap called? He was in the King's Speech. I forgot his name. I have no idea. The other dude from all those Richard Curtis, Richard Pro- Pro- Probably Gale. neither of them. Neither, no. I mean, I'd, I like Hugh Grant. It was funny when he was in trouble for having <laughs> a prostitute. He's charmingly befuddled. Yeah, I, it does worry me sometimes that that's how the rest of the world see Britain. Like, yeah. That's what we're all liking. It's like, mm, no, we're not. No. <laughs> we're like us. Yeah, really. We're, <laughs> so, so we have ruined the illusion for you. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, rest of the world. Yep. Um, but yeah, then Joey's discussing how the film needed some action and some nudity. And the girls are like, it had nudity. And he's like, female nudity. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's always right, though. Like, you know, any, anytime there is nudity, it's always like the man. And, you know, Joey needs it, right? Well, I mean, it's easier to get away with male nudity because unless you show that part of a man. Well, yeah, I, I guess when you think of female nudity in a lot of films, uh, tends to be some actress you've never heard of who just gets topless for that film. And they kind of like really focus on her nudity because I'm thinking of stuff like Final Destination and stuff like that. Yes. Or, or horror films. Horror films especially, right? Oh, yeah, you've got to get naked in a horror movie before yes. you get murdered. And it's... It's always a bit weird because it's it's way too focused on there's a nude woman here for twenty seconds. Yeah, I mean I guess it's a trope of horror movies. Yeah. Um it's just well it's a part of horror movies, isn't it? It's supposed to put you like on edge and get the, the blood pumping and I guess for <laughs> teenage boys like boobs. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. But I I think Joe's right. Films need action. Lots of action. Um I don't mind. Like I'll I'll, I'll happily sit and watch a, a movie about anything, to be fair. Um, but I probably would have got bored by the movie. They watched a Hugh Grant movie, to be fair. It was a Hugh Grant movie they were watching. Right. Because um, they mentioned it, but I've seen it in a couple of films. Again, I'll go out to Love Actually. Clearly, probably my favourite film. Yeah. Um, but he's good in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not a bad actor, is he? No. But uh, Ross decides to leave after being interrupted to take a bath with Marcel. Weird. Like, like I, I, I kind of get this from from friends who've had dogs. They're like... It's such a mess to try and wash a dog. You're just better off getting in the shower with them and washing them, right? When they say that, I assume you've got like an old pair of shorts on or something. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I'd be like, otherwise it's weird. Like, I'm not getting my bits out. Well, especially while <laughs> there's a dog with teeth and claws <laughs> desperately trying to get out of the bathtub. No, no. <laughs> just like, no, I mean, I would just get the hose and spray the dog. Like, yeah, I've, I've never had an animal like that. I've had like cats and they clean themselves. It's fine. <laughs> they don't need a bath. We had a border collie that was being a border collie but just energetic all the time and she would immediately she was mostly white underbelly and black around the top Yeah. and the second she saw Muddy Puddle it was heaven and she was like I'm going in that and it was like her game to how much of my white fur can I turn brown <laughs> and she would just do it but again trying to put her in the bath no she'd just run up the walls you to just, get out yeah, of it yeah you just make more mess don't you so I'd just take her outside and take her into a game and we'd play with the hose I'd get her on the concrete path so she couldn't get more muddy and we'd just I'd basically spray the dog until she wasn't muddy. Yep. And then we'd have to dry her, which she hated. So Ross having a bath with Marcel. And now in a so in the shower situation, you're like, okay, they're probably wearing shorts. In the bath, I feel like you probably wouldn't be wearing clothes. I feel like, I don't know, my brain feels like it would be indecent to be nude while trying to wash a monkey. But he says he's going to take a bath with Marcel, not give Marcel a bath. Well, yeah, and that's the weird part. Yeah. I mean, you've said several times that Ross's relationship with Marcel <laughs> is like weirdly substituting Carol for a monkey. Yeah. And... I guess this is further evidence of that. Yeah. But uh, Shanda does make a good comment as they leave. It's like, they're still just friends. <laughs> so, yeah, so even he's thinking what we're thinking right now. Yeah. I mean, Shanda never has the opportunity to make a joke, but it, it is a weird thing to say. Yeah. But still. But then we cut to the guys in a pizza shop standing around a tiny, tiny table in a tiny pizza place discussing the whole Ross and Rachel situation. Standing up and eating pizza seems odd. It is. So, 
I've never been to a place where you stand up to eat your pizza. I assume it's meant to be like a takeaway sort of situation. Like you buy your pizza and you can eat here, but it's not a sit-down place. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I suppose they're like, it's New York, it's busy, it's bustling. Mm. They can sit down and they'll spend hours here. Yeah. Like, look at Central Park. Um, so it's like, stand up and eat your slice and then get out. At the same time, though, it makes a lot of sense because eating pizza is a, can be a quick task. If you've just got a slice or two, yeah, you don't need to sit down. You can just grab a slice, sit there, stand there for like two minutes, off you go. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the uh, etiquette of eating a pizza. <laughs> oh, do you get the knife and fork out? No, I don't eat pizza, do I? <laughs> no, so, no, no. I'm just like, you, I get, you I get have something bre- else. bread with sauce on it. You're like, give me some garlic bread without cheese, and I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, but have an old chat about it. Ross is going to make his move tonight, as Rachel has spent all day taking care of his monkey. Oh, has she? She has. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's have a listen to what's going on there. You know, I cannot believe we are even having this discussion. I agree. I'm, like, in disbelief. <laughs> I mean, don't you think if things were going to happen with Rachel, they would have happened already? I'm telling you, she said she's looking for a relationship with someone exactly like me. She really said that? Well, I added the exactly like me part for... <laughs> but she said she's looking for someone, and someone is going to be there tonight. Tonight? Tonight? Well, I think it's perfect. You know, it's just going to be the two of us. She spent all day taking care of my monkey. I can't remember the last time I got a girl to take care of my monkey. (laughs) Anyway, you know, I figured after work, I'd go pick up a bottle of wine, go over there and uh, try to woo her. Hey, you know what you should do? You should take her back to the 1890s when that phrase was last used. <laughs> so when Chandler says the line, I can't remember the last time a girl, I got a girl to take care of my monkey, mm-hmm. I didn't notice until just then in the audio-only version. There's a really deep laugh that comes from someone. I assume, I assume from Joey, but I didn't, I didn't notice it's it in before. the show. I mean, it's a funny joke to say, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. Um, yeah. It's just, I'm with Chandler and, like, Joey, though. Like, why are we still having this conversation? Yeah. I mean, get over it. Uh, and why tonight? What, what makes tonight special? Thanks for, thanks for taking care of Marcel. Maybe you can take care of me. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I mean, given, given how we discover how Rachel takes care of Marcel, probably not the, uh, the offer you no, want. No, I mean, he could have been like, hey, let me make you dinner. Yeah, let me make it up to you. I'll take you out for something to eat. Yeah. Or, or I'll cook here for you now, whatever. Yeah, right? I suppose cooking for us better because A, women like that kind of thing normally that you're cooking, and B, you're already in a, how to put it, private location. So, yeah. It's not like, oh, great, we've had something to eat at a restaurant. Now let's go our separate ways. You're still there. So why why is Rachel even looking after his monkey? Because he's only with Chandler and Joey. I don't eating know. Eating pizza. Because, like, like, Marcel's monkey care is something that's never come up before. Like, no. We've had Marcel around for a while now, and it's. Oh, I just assumed he was at the apartment chilling. Yeah. But apparently not. They just leave it, shut, shut the door in his, in his room, I guess. Just, this kind of implies that someone's always looking after Marcel. Yeah. And Ross isn't doing anything super important. They no. could have had pizza at his house. Yeah, and just pining over Rachel as per usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, after this, we then cut back to the apartment. And Marcel is sitting with Rachel, as she explains, a so proper to him. But we discover that Marcel has pooped in his shoe. In Monica's shoe. In Monica's shoe. It would be Monica's shoe. Yeah. Have all the shoes to poop in. <laughs> Wait, which shoe? Not really. Like <laughs> yeah, which shoe? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but Rachel uses Bowie's engagement notice to remove the poop and heads outside, leaving the door open. And I really like that she uses the engagement notice as like a it's so petty. Yeah, she pour she pours it out of the shoe into the onto the page onto it and squishes it. As, it's just very petty, but it entertains me. Um, but as she goes outside, she leaves the door open, and Marcel escapes. So I'm going to pause you there and tell you a little story. So I had to look after someone's cat once, and. It was very timid because it was in a house that it didn't know. But it's fine. Just just leave it to do its thing. And then one day, I was like, it's not... Where is it? Like, I haven't seen it for an hour. Maybe it's like, it must be behind the curtain or whatever. Like, it was quite timid, so it was hiding a lot of the time. And spent hours looking for this cat, calling this cat. And I was like, there's only two ways out of, like, this apartment. Through the front door, which has been shut, or the back door, which... I assume was shut, but it was like it was never locked. It was on a balcony. Like maybe it was slightly ajar, or the cat made it ajar because like cats can be quite good at moving yeah. doors if they want to. It's like I don't know. Like I'm sure it's shut, but the cat's not here. The cat must have gone. So for like you know over ten hours, I was like the cat's gone. I'm messaging the person going, I think the cat's gone. I was like it can't go anywhere because like if it jumps off the balcony, that's like a twenty foot drop. And it's not the, the the bottom anywhere, so it could it maybe it went to like next door's balcony and squeezed over. Maybe it's next door, but you know there was no one there. No one answered their door. And I'm like, where has this cat gone? Like it's it's literally not in the house. It's got to have gone somewhere. Turns out the cat had found an open cupboard, got behind the cupboards, and was just casually sitting behind like the washing machine, being comfy for ten hours. Fair. Uh, until it got hungry, and then all we heard was just these meows coming from the washing machine. And I was like, <laughs> "I can hear it. Where? Where is it? Is, is it outside? Is it inside? No, it's behind the washing machine." I had to like drag the washing machine, and then the cat comes. I was like, "Yep, I'm ready for food now." I'm like, <laughs> "I hate this cat now. Why? Why did you do this to me?" So like, I can understand losing a pet, you know, like this. But obviously, Rachel left the door open, which is much worse. Totally, Rachel's fault. Yeah. But Marcel easily could have hidden in the apartment. You'd be like, "It's gone." Yep. I've got a very similar story to your story, but it was my family's kitten that was probably 20 weeks old. Right. Like this tiny, tiny kitten. Like it was so small. And the family had gone to do something boring. I already didn't go. And I was probably about 20 at the time. I didn't want to go, so I didn't go. And all I remembered, I couldn't find the cat and I hadn't seen it. And everyone's like, make sure you look after the cat. You know, don't let the cat get outside. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I can handle a cat. <laughs> like, obviously, people. Um, and all I'd done was open the door to the delivery driver who was bringing me some food. And then I'm like, I wonder if the cat wants some food. Can the cat eat the chicken and chips? I don't know. And I'm looking for the cat to try and feed it some chicken. And it, I can't find it. And I'm like, where is it? Did it get outside? And I did the whole panic of, oh, my God, it must have got outside when I opened the door. I spent about an hour searching the house from top to bottom. And then panicking and like, oh my God, all the stress. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Just call the family. Tell them you've lost the cat because they're going to have to come search for the cat. So I call the family. They leave whoever's house they are at and come back and look for the cat. And everyone's going mental. And then everyone's mad at me and everyone's upset. And well, we lost the cat, blah, blah, blah. And he's a kid and he's not going to make it, yada, yada, yada. And then some of the family go to their homes and then but the core family stay at my house. And then I sit down and I look and the cat had decided to crawl behind the TV stand and was just sat on top <laughs> of the skybox, which was nice and warm from being on. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's in the house. It's over. And I was but I got in so much trouble when they thought this cat was missing. Because most pets, except for dogs, I guess, if you call them and they don't want to come, they're just like, nope. I'm just going to ignore you. Like, a dog generally will make a noise or come over, right? Yeah. But, no, cats especially are like, nope, you can keep calling. I'm going to stay here. Oh, you're, you're rattling the food in the tin. I don't want it right now. I'm staying here. 
Well, to my pet rats were conditioned to respond to a certain sound we'd make for food. So if they ever like, were running around the house and I couldn't find them, I'd just repeatedly make that sound. And then you just look and they'd just appear from somewhere. <laughs> like, I don't know where they'd gone, but you'd be like, look. And it would just be like, hmm. And you'd just see a face like, poke up from behind the bin. And they'd be like, how did you get over there? You were on the sofa. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, because they were fat. <laughs> they they cared about the food more than uh, being alone for a bit. They didn't care where I was. It was literally just, he's making the food sound, I'll walk over there. Yeah. And then you try and scoop them up. And they were smart enough that if they could, didn't see food in your hand, they wouldn't come near you. They'd be like, right. nope. It's suspicious. This is a trick. And then, I mean, it was. So you'd have yeah. to get food and then trick them, but they didn't care because they had food. Yeah. But still. But uh, Monica, Chandler and Joey are then at the apartment as Rachel's in full monkey panic mode. Yes, uh, but she, she got distracted by there being a gunshot. The worst. In the program. She came rushing back in to ask Marcel who'd been shot. And Marcel wasn't there. No. Which, I mean, he can't tell you. He's, <laughs> no, no. He's a good monkey. He can pass rice now. He can't summarise TV shows. No, no. But uh, let's have a listen to what's going on in monkey panic mode. How could you lose him? I don't know. I don't know. We were watching TV and then he pooped in Monica's shoe. Wait. He pooped in my shoe? Which one? I don't know. The left one. <laughs> Which ones? Oh, oh, those little clunky Amish things you think go with everything. <laughs> hey, hi. Hey. Whoa, oh, why is the air in here so negative? Rachel lost Marcel. Oh, no, how? Oh. He, he pooped in my shoe. Which one? Those cute little black ones I wear all the time. <laughs> no, which one? <laughs> the right or left? Because <laughs> the left one is lucky. Come on, you guys. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? All right, all right, all right. You're a monkey. You're loose in the city. Where do you go? Okay, it's his first time out, so he's probably going to want to do some of the touristy things. I'll go to Cats. You go to the Russian tea room. Oh, my God. Come on, you guys. He's going to be home any minute. He's going to kill me. Okay, we'll start with the building. You guys take the first and second floor. Phoebe and I'll take third and fourth. You stay here and just wait by the phone. Spray Lysol in my shoe and wait for Ross to kill you. You can understand why Chandler is sometimes a bit single because <laughs> he doesn't enamor himself to, to people at times with his joking. No, I think you, you have to get to know Chandler or give Chandler the benefit of the doubt to get to know him long yeah. enough to realise that that's just who he is. Yep. Um, I suppose a lot of it is do you find him funny? If you don't think it's funny, you'll hate Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you do find him funny, you'll love him. But, uh, I mean, yeah. There's a lot in that scene that you can't see. Um, but when Phoebe's talking about why the vibe in there is so negative, she starts like plucking the vibes out yeah. of the air. Which if someone did in real life, I'd roll my ass so hard I'd probably pass out. Um, but when Phoebe does it, I love it. Like her, Especially in the first season, her quirky weirdness never stays gone for too long. No. It's almost like there was a timer on the set and it's like, hang on, we've had 17 minutes of normal Phoebe. Right, she needs to do something weird. Yeah. Because she's Phoebe. Yeah. But it's great. Um, what I like is that the gang's put it up to cover the building. It's a huge apartment building. I'd probably just not bother searching, to be honest. Well, I'm going to assume if it's an apartment building, he's going to be in the hallways. He's not going to be in the ha- in the rooms. Because yeah, but... no one's going to be like, hey, monkey, come on in. Because it's a wild animal that you've never seen before. You don't know how it's going to react, right? Uh, I'd probably let it in. <laughs> it's a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like in apartments, most people just keep their doors shut and it's... It's fairly secure. So I feel like you could, if he's not got outside, you could get to him quite easily. You say it's secure, Mark. I live in an apartment building and someone stole my doormat. That was outside your door. 
Well, that's where doormat goes. Yeah, but I mean in the hallways, like, where could he go? Just down the hallways, basically. Well, why would you steal my doormat? You can't use it. Uh, no. It's one of my tangents again. It was, but... it was, it was a nice doormat. <laughs> you steal my doormat. You can't use it because if you're on my floor, I'm going to see it. I was actually one day tempted to walk to every single apartment in the building and, just and look for my doormat. But I was like, and then we're just going to be in a long, laugh long game of stealing the doormat between each other. Maybe. Or you'll take someone's doormat that was just happened to be identical because it's mass produced. Yeah. Or just steal a random doormat and be like, when I get mine back, you can have <laughs> <Yeah>. yours back. <laughs> there's a whole building full of people wanting doormats. But anyway, back to monkeys. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I said like no one would, would take a monkey, but... Uh, Monica and Phoebe, they knock on Mr. Heckles' doors to get to see more Mr. Heckles. We do. It's it's weird what a big part of Frenzy is, given how infrequently he appears. He's, he's only in a few episodes for you know minutes at a time, right? Yeah. And and only in really the first season. He makes a great impression, though. Yeah. He's, he's just so horrible. I don't even know if it's horrible. It's just ho- maybe horrible weirdness. Yeah, like, like, like he, he's not nasty. He's just odd. Yeah. Well, he also claims the girls owe him a Belgian waffle. Well, yeah, because they ask him if he's seen a, if he's seen a monkey. It's like he hasn't, but there was a Belgian waffle outside on the on the radiator because he he wasn't ready for it yet. The wild love is that we've had so many like wild, spurious claims from Mister Heckles at this point, and we're just used to him saying weird stuff and people owe him stuff. And it's like, oh, he's just making up a Belgian waffle. Yeah, but I guess we'll see later on if uh, the waffle was real <laughs> yeah. or not. Uh, but in the back of the apartment, and Russ gets home. And Rachel attempts to distract Ross with a trip to Newark, which Ross refers to as the murder capital of the Northeast. Okay, so I'm going to start this because I feel like you're going to go on a bit of a rant. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's in New Jersey. It is in New if, Jersey. If you don't know, but I'm sure most American listeners do, which by all accounts is not a great place, I'm going to put it politely. And every single comedy show I've ever like listened to, like Simpsons, Street Trump, whatever, has always been like, Oh, New Jersey's terrible. Or like people people will be looking at an apartment, they'll be like, oh, this is great, what's the catch? You're like, well, technically it's in New Jersey. And yes. New Jersey as a place I hear is quite a bad place. Uh I assume it I assume it's further away from New York, right? Uh well, it's like next to New York. It's yeah. across the literally across well, the Well, I, I mean yeah, but I mean like the New Jersey's like quite a big place. Yeah, the state's pretty more well, comparatively it's pretty big, yeah. I suppose. So so I guess like, you know, when you're when you're going to see Cake Boss just over over the river, right? Yeah, it's only then, a Hoboken that's Yeah, then then that's that's nice and fine, right? Yeah, Hoboken's adorable. But then, you know, if you get, you know, hours away from, you know, Manhattan, then it probably gets quite rough. I mean, I've been to Newark a couple of times and mm. it's lovely. It's an it's a city, so I'm sure there are parts of it that are unsafe. Yeah. Um I've only really been to like central Newark where the Prudential Center is. Um, and like a few odd places around there. Again, there's a 15 year time gap roughly between Ross throwing shade at Newark in this instance and me being there. Um, but Newark's usually I mean, New Jersey's called the Garden State. It can't be that bad if it's called the Garden State. <laughs> Most of New Jersey is like giant forested areas, yeah. and like the, the pine woods and stuff. And it's it's just the cities that had a bad rap. Well, I guess it's a bit like Florida, like like Southern Florida, absolutely beautiful, full of old people. Middle Florida, Disney World. And then just outside of Disney World can be pretty rough Florida. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, everyone I, I've ever met or known who's from New Jersey has been lovely. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of got the same reputation that like Birmingham has in the UK, where it's, it's big enough to be known to people, but it kind of, people yeah. don't like it for reasons. Like, people just cast aspersions on the second city because they can. Yeah, I guess it's like saying, you know, LA is rough. And it's like, well, southern LA is, but the rest of it probably isn't. 
Yeah. Welcome to Casual Magic, the show where we explore the fun side of Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Shivam Putt, and each week we delve into everything from casual formats to explorations of creatures and card types to interviews with designers of the game. At Casual Magic, we believe that it just isn't magic without the gathering. Come along and play! On the Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast, we ask the tough questions. Killing a Rayman, whatever that may be, is that really so bad? Like, no, is he I even mean, alive? Like, do we know? <laughs> he, he, he have any like desires, it. Cal? Does he have any dreams? We're ranking the top games of all time, and it's not a task we take lightly. There are three Battletoads, Drash, Zitz, and Pimple. Uh, they're all skin problems, guys. Two of them are the same skin problem. This has always bothered me. <laughs> Zitz, Rash, and Eczema. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, <laughs> even that makes more sense. Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week. Subscribe at greenlitpodcast.com. But anyway, my uh, my love for New Jersey aside, um, Ross brings up Dayton, and do you think he's finally going to do it, Mark? Do you think he's finally going to make his move? Of course he is. This is episode nineteen. He's had plenty of time. This is the perfect <laughs> chance for him to to you know bring it up, right? I mean, it's only been a year since he uh, I get or around a year since he got. Oh no, it isn't. We're not a year, are we? Because we've not had the baby yet. No. I mean, whether it's a year or eight months, it's still been too long. Yep. You see this woman every day. Yeah. Like, if you're being a pansy because you're trying to ask out a girl who works at a shop, which is weirdly inappropriate because she's a work <laughs> leaver alone. But if, if it's someone you <laughs> is, own, it, is this a personal story again? <laughs> I have got a story about this that I, but I won't tell. Okay. We, we won't go off on that tangent. Um, but, like, I've been asked that at work before, and it's always awkward. Yeah. Because it's just kind of like, why are you doing this now, and how am I supposed to respond? And, like... This is my place of work. So if yeah. I say no, and you get weird, if I say yes, and you get weird, like it's just well, yeah, you 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 know where I work. You can come here all the time and cause problems. Yeah, it doesn't I don't know be subtle. But but with this, you know, like Ross has had enough chance to to do this, and okay, he's had a Paolo in the way, and a whatever in the way, and a monkey in the way, and all sorts of excuses, right? But yeah, it's been a long time for for this. He should have. You know, he's had plenty of time just to say, like, hey, I like you. And even if she goes, oh, I'm not there. Like, he can wait till the next chance and he can try again. Yeah, it's not like we've had times where Ross has been doubtful that Rachel's going to like him. It's not no. been like, oh, if I tell her how she f- I feel, it might get weird. He's been pre- fairly confident that he's going to ask her and it might go somewhere. Yeah. It's just you know, other people have been around. Yeah. So it's odd. But I've got faith. I think Ross is finally going to do it. Okay. Let's have a listen, see if you will. We can do that, but before we head off to the murder capital of the Northeast, I was, uh, kind of wanted to run something by you. You know how we were, uh, you know, talking before about, uh, relationships and stuff? Well... Oh, God, Ross, I cannot do this. Okay, quick and painful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the problem is, Ross has probably only ever asked out really, like, one woman, Mm -hmm. which is going to be Carol. And that one. Yeah, and... I feel like he's the type of guy who doesn't want to be rejected, so he finds ways to kind of lessen the rejection. So he's the type of person who probably would, like, write a handwritten note, give it to you, and you've got to then respond with a yes or no, send it back, because he doesn't want the confrontation of you rejecting him and that hurting. True. I mean, well, I can kind of get that. Like, no one wants to be rejected. No. Like, it's not fun. Um, but but he, I guess what I'm saying is he's not had enough experience in trying to ask people out. So he's not confident in it. And 
we call him Rustam Slack here. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just, a little, just bit. a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've asked people out before, and then been unsure if they're aware of my intentions. I'm like, do you want to grab a drink? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, do they know I mean as a date? So I've been like, <laughs> this is a date. <laughs> then I've been like, dot 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 as a date because I want to make sure that I don't want to turn up and be like, we're on a date if we're not on a date. Yeah, because that'd be awkward. That's happened to me. I asked the girl for a drink once, and I I'd assume there was always been like a spark between us. There wasn't. Well, I don't know. Actually, there might still be. Who knows? It hasn't gone anywhere. Um, but anyway, so we went We went to meet you for this drink and I'm all excited thinking like, in my head, I've somehow worked up that us meeting for a drink after work this one Friday evening is is, is a date. Yeah. And it, in my brain, the, com- the way the conversation went, it framed it like it was a date. So I'm like, yes, finally going to make my move. Bit of a rustle, like, I guess. And we sit down in this pub, but like half a point into our conversation. And I'm like, this seems to be going well. And then she's like, oh my God, Ryan, let me tell you about this guy I've started seeing. And I was like, this isn't a date. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and I bet if we freeze-framed it, we could see exact moment your heart broke. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yep, yep. I, I washed my hair for nothing. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's when you just finish first point, like, oh, look at the time. I need to go now. No, I, that, the rest of that point got drank very quickly and yeah. so did several of us after that. Right. Um, I'm still friends with this person, it, but it was just funny. Um, but I hope they listen to our podcast. I hope they I'll, I'll send them this link. <laughs> like, you mentioned this episode. Is, <laughs> it, is this your way of asking people out hey listen to my podcast there's a very interesting bit at uh 43 minutes in no no she's getting she's engaged oh well this would be engaged this, could, this could this could be very awkward then yeah i'm not i'm not sort of am i like i might be oblivious but i'm pretty sure she knew at the time i was into her but yeah ross i don't think he's quite like that we'll just get over i mean i'm kind of with ross with quick and painful that's how i'd prefer a rejection i don't want like Softly, softly. Well, I, I guess you'd be like, hey, would you like to go out? And them just going, no. But not not in a horrible way. Like, just saying no is bad. Give your reason. Um, I and don't it, know. I don't feel like you need to justify where you don't want to go on a date with someone. Um, I, I probably wouldn't be as abrupt as, no, you no, hideous I think, freak. But, oh, no, it doesn't need to be, like, justified as, like, paragraphs of text or whatever. It just needs to be like, no, because of this reason. Just to say, like, this is why I don't want to in the future as well so it could be like if he goes hey do you want to do you want to go on a date with me he goes no like you know i like us as friends like that's all it has to be but i hate that phrase i know just i know you, i know but just it, tell me you don't fancy me but like no well, yeah I don't exactly fancy yeah that, i'd rather hear that than i like us as friends and i'm like well yeah I th- you're yeah, basically yeah. saying i'm not attracted to you physically but you're just sugarcoating it with nonsense no i, f- I think you're right there like it should it should be explained in a way where you kind of learn from it like, don't rather, kick me while I'm down, but... No, no but, 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 you should, but you should learn from it rather than, she said no this time, I need to try harder next time. When next time is not going to work again because you're never going to fix the issue that's there. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You ask someone out, if they say no, you don't ask them again. Like, if they want to go out with you, they can, if they change their mind, if six months later, the way mm. they see you's changed and they're like, oh, wait, Mark's the most handsome, charming man in the world. I want to go on a date let her ask you because why are you asking her a second time you already said no once yeah i guess this comes back to the rejection thing again though where even if their opinion does change and they can put out all the signals that it has changed you'll just be like no they said no before they're just being weird yeah i mean i wouldn't know as and well then, like, and then so. you could you could lose this second chance because again someone is worried of themselves being rejected in the way they rejected you it's, That's yeah. i mean asking we, we, out a friend's a lot harder than asking out uh, well, I'm not going to say a stranger because you ask random stranger yeah. there, but you know, like someone you've met at a, a bar one night and then, you know, chatting to and asking, oh, do you want to go for a drink sometime? Yeah. That's way easier than asking out someone you've known. Yeah, because if they do say no, you're like, cool, there's there's nothing lost there. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we've said, like through lots of episodes here, like 
relationships are hard and people should just it'd be nice if people were just more honest i guess rather than having to play this like weird dance yeah um i asked a girl for a drink what i don't know a couple of months ago now and uh she was like a drink's never just a drink and i'm seeing someone so i'm gonna say no and i was like cool yeah i totally meant as a date um hope things work out you know have a cool night yeah and then she sent me like a giant message thanking me for the response and how like <laughs> what a nice response it was and in other words i'm not being a like a tool yeah and it was kind of was a weird eye opener for me in terms of I guess the way a lot of men take rejection nowadays, where it's they get angry and upset, and somehow the woman's at fault, and it's like, well, well, no, like you asked the question, you were given an answer, accepted it at face value. No, and this is why I think explaining yourself a little bit can help you grow as a person. You just need to, you know, because if they just go, oh, you know, I don't find you attractive, okay, that's fine. I can find ways to, you know, be more attractive to other people or whatever, right? You can, you can see your. Your failures, I guess, in a sense. Well, I've always had the philosophy of being found attractive isn't up to you. It's up to somebody else. Yes. But you're in control of if you feel sexy or not. So... I think you can do a lot to make yourself more more appealing, though. I guess, but it's... Like, you can't spend your life asking out person A and they're like, oh, I'm not into... No. Like, I've had girls in the past are like, oh, I date you if you cut your hair. And I'm just like, no, then. No, <laughs> no, 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 exactly. You, you can't, you can't tell what one person says and just, just run with it. But you know, someone could be like, "Hey, you know, I'm not into your personality type." I'd be like, "Cool, that's fine." Well, I'd find that way more crushing than. Well, it, de- it depends, right? Because a lot, lot of, lot of men, especially, can be like have terrible personalities. Like we've just said, with rejection with women. True. And so it might be like, look, you need to just tone it down a bit. And once they do that, they can then be more appealing, right? I suppose maybe I guess they, I guess they would learn from it. So yeah, maybe you should get some uh, like a little feedback form. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. how did we do? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very bad at explaining things here. I mean, that would work. I mean, if if I'm a, I mean, I'm oblivious to most things, especially women. So I think if I asked a girl out and she sent me a little form afterwards, like a customer survey form, just to like attractiveness. Actually, no, don't rate my advice. That's gonna work. <laughs> well, well, it could even be she she might be like, oh, I'm only into rock type guys, and you're like. Oh, I've dressed very smartly because I didn't assume that at all. Actually, I, that's who I naturally am, and I was trying to be someone I wasn't. Yeah, I think that's where you're going wrong. If you if you're ever trying to edit who you are to try and get someone else, that's a problem. Yes, because it's not that way. It doesn't happiness. Right. That's just misery. Because then you've got to constantly pretend to be someone else you're not, and you're not going to be happy if you're not being your authentic right. self. But uh, I've known quite a few guys where they've been a bit creepy, but they don't realise they're being creepy. Mm. They're just trying to be friendly, and sometimes feedback like that is good because. It's like, don't act like this or say this or do this. It comes across not as you intended. And people can learn and grow from that. Yeah. Well, even, not even just relationship situations, I'm a very tactile person. So a lot of times I'll like walk past a friend or someone I know casually and like tap them on the shoulder or just be like, oh, hi, and like touch their back. And it's not lecherous in the slightest, but some people just don't like being touched. No. And, and in this situation, you know, if I was friends with Ross, I'd be like, Ross, you, know, you need to be a little bit more confident. And stop like beating around the bush. Just just say how you feel, and he would he would come across a lot better that way than you know. Oh, you know, maybe if uh, you know you're free sometime, maybe I can then you know potentially ask you if you would like to you know perhaps perchance you know come out sometime. Like <laughs> By stop, the way, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like stop it, Ross. Just just go. Do you want a casual drink? Because that's more attractive than your bumbling yeah. Hugh Grantish way, I guess. I mean, if you. I mean, like, give Ross credit for the fact that at no point has he tried to send in any of the other friends of the group to try and, you know, do some groundwork. Well, yeah, he could have easily gone to Monica. Monica, <laughs> try and work out if uh, Rachel's into me. Yeah. And then you should just be like, no, you're a grown man and be my friend, go away. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's weird to me that Ross wants to date his sister's friend. This is like a weird dynamic there that I find odd. Okay. I mean, only when I think about it in this one instance, like Ross and Rachel as a couple, I'm like, yeah, Ross and Rachel. Yeah. But it's just odd, the idea of being like, hello, sister, be my wingman. It's just weird. Yeah, that would be weird, right? Um, but yeah, we should probably get, get moving through through this episode. We've, yeah, we've got stuck on that, on that bit for, for quite a long time. Well, while quick and painful's happening, <laughs> Ross <laughs> is getting confused. Uh, Marcel's sat outside on the balcony, eating in what, eating rather, what I assume, is Mr. Heckle's Belgian waffle. Yeah, it's it's not very well focused or shot this little bit because I uh, you can't really quite tell what he's eating unless you're paying attention. Oh, he's just like, oh, he's outside. He's grabbed some food from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, how he got that way out of the building, I don't know. I don't know. The geography of the building and apartments is going to be a common issue, I feel, going forward. Yeah, so the next episode especially, uh, we're going to bring that up quite a bit. Um, but yeah. Um, but he has got the waffle, which... At first, I was like, oh, well, Mr. Heckles isn't that weird because he did have a waffle. Mm. He wasn't lying like he normally does. Maybe he does have the things he claims he's got. And then I went, hang on, he's even weirder because he was storing a waffle on a radiator in a public hallway. Yep. He's just a strange bloke. Yeah, he is, yes. Would you have liked a whole whole spin-off of Mr. Heckles, like a whole episode oh, of Mr. Oh, Heckles' no. life? No, you couldn't have a whole spin-off, right? He, he works as a a bit character who just comes in for a brief moment, does something weird and then leaves again. Yeah. So, you you know, like in Seinfeld, you have Kramer, right? Who kind of does a similar thing of the weird neighbour. And he's fine for little moments, but if you just had whole episodes, it, it's just draining. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I suppose it would just be like, old man yells at cloud. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, much, yeah. Just constantly. Yeah. Um, but eventually Rachel confesses to, to Ross that's gone on, that she's lost Marcel. Yeah. Um, has everyone out looking, called in some outside help, which Ross gets a little bit upset about. Uh, I wouldn't say a little bit upset. He goes like supernova. Like he, understandably in some ways, is like extremely upset and angry at Rachel, right? Yeah. Uh, but you've you've just gone from, hey, Rachel, maybe uh, I can curl your toes to shouting at her and being almost aggressive in some ways. Yeah, he definitely, I'm not going to say overreacts because it's an emotionally charged situation for Ross, but it's, it's next level. Like, it's yeah. clearly not intentional, and I feel like Ross as a grown man needs to take a step back for a second and be like, what's going on? Okay, right, Let, let's go and look for him. It's it's an accident that's happened. Okay, we know you're Rachel, but, yeah. you know, like, like, be you can be upset, but he gets very angry, and if he wants a relationship out of this, it's definitely not going to Yeah, it's not a good happen, impression right? to make. Yeah. Um, but let's have a listen to Ross's rage. I, 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 can't, I can't believe this. I mean, all I asked you to do was keep him in the apartment. I know, I know, I'm sorry. No, no, you know what? I guess it's partially my fault, you know? I mean, I shouldn't have asked you to uh, start off with a monkey. I should have started you off with, like, a pen or a pencil. <laughs> Ross, I'm doing everything that I can. I've got everybody looking for him, and I can't... Oh. Who is it? Animal control. Oh, see, I've even got animal control. You called animal control? Uh-huh. Why? Do you not like them? <laughs> Marcel is an illegal, exotic animal. I'm not allowed to have him in the city. If they find him, they'll take him away from me. Oh, okay. Well, now, see, you never, ever, ever told us that. That's right, because right, I, I didn't expect you were going to invite them to the apartment. <laughs> 
thanks for coming. Somebody called about a monkey? Oh, oh, yeah. oh you know our... what? That was a complete misunderstanding. Yeah, we, we thought we had a monkey, but we didn't. It turned, turned out it was a hat. Cat. Cat, what did I say? Hi. We checked the third and fourth floor. No one's seen Marcel. Marcel? My uncle, Marcel. Oh, is that who the monkey's named after? <laughs> okay. Are you aware that possession of an illegal exotic is uh, punishable by up to two years in prison and confiscation of the animal? So there's so many questions about this. Like, first off, it's the, the first we've learned it's an illegal exotic animal. I guess more importantly, it's the first everyone else has learned uh, it's yeah. an illegal exotic animal. Like, yeah, I guess at the time we should have thought about it a bit more like, oh, yeah, he's got a monkey. That's not something you just buy at the pet store down the road. But this is America where you can own tigers and things. So <laughs> More importantly to me, this is Ross. Like, Mr. Straight Lace works at a museum. Why would you assume Ross has an illegal animal? Yes. I Like, I want to know... You know, where did Ross get him from? Why did he get him? How did he expect to, like, keep him? And, and you know, like, it's not like buying a dog or a cat. Like, it's... Because he, he, you know, he had his breakup, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to buy this animal. Did did some guy come up to him in Central Perk and be like, hey, I've got a monkey for sale. Do you, do you want it? Yeah, like, I almost feel like he got him from Mr. Heckles. <laughs> like, it's the kind of level of weird it is. Because he would have had gone well out of his way to to purchase this animal yeah like he purchased a monkey and then all the dietary requirements you'd need to look into to look after a monkey yeah like it's a very weird it gets weird like marcel as a pet didn't seem that weird and then you find out that it's an illegal animal and suddenly you're like wait now it's really odd yeah because he's had to he's had to like go and find someone like is is is, has he just come across someone selling these or has he actually had to do research to find someone who does sell illegal animals has he sort out his illegal monkey like yeah what i find really weird is if you're going to ask someone to look after something that you're aware is illegal. Hmm. Maybe give them a heads up. Yep. I'm not suggesting you get your friends to hide weapons or drugs or anything, but you know what I mean? Like, if I was like, Mark, will you look after my airsoft rifle? It's illegal for you to possess this out in the open. Yeah. I would tell you that. because Don't, if you don't, then, don't go outside with it. Yeah, if you're like, Ryan, I'm going around the park <laughs> and I'm going to shoot some targets and then before, you know, arm a sponsor out the door, I'd yeah. be like, oh, sorry, Mark, I should have told you not to carry that replica firearm. Well, even if you, you, you have a dog or whatever, you can be heads up, hey, like, don't touch its belly because he probably will bite you. Yeah. You know, there, there's certain traits of what you can and cannot do with this animal. Like, we have a mutual friend who has about seven cats in the house <laughs> at one time or another, and I'll go around and I'll get briefed on each cat and they're like, you can't pick that one up, you can't pick that one up. And then immediately I'll pick up the one I'm told not to yeah. pick up because it frustrates that mutual friend of ours. Yeah. <laughs> it entertains me to do so. Um but yeah, it's just okay. Like you've, Rachel's trying to help. She called animal control because they're well, the, surely an, the best prepared to help. Well, animal control is a bit weird for us because you know they just seem to go around picking up stray cats and dogs all the time. Over here, I feel like if you let a dog out, it would just be wandering around for quite some time. Like it doesn't seem like, and my knowledge of this comes from like TV shows of like leash control and having the collar on and stuff like that. Whereas over here, none that really seems to exist. No, I mean. The community I live in is a lot less, well, I wouldn't say it's a lot less close in it, but all the families we knew as, I knew as kids have kind of moved away to different areas, mm. all the kids have grown up and left. But there were like several families in my area that all had dogs. And you'd be sat there on like a summer afternoon doing whatever, and the house phone would ring, and you'd run inside and pick it up, and it'd be like Mrs. Johnson from down the road, and she'd be like, oh, Ryan, um, Milo's got out again. Um, if you see him, let me know. And you'd be like, okay, and you just shout out the back garden, Milo's escaped again. And then, like, the, the, the neighbourhood would just wait for Milo to turn up. And then, like, he'd appear in my front garden, and I'd call him, he'd come over, I'd take him back down to Mrs. Johnson's house, and yeah. it just happened. Whereas I can't imagine that happening in, like, the middle of Manhattan. 
No, like if you if you see a dog out there, someone's going to pick him up and take him somewhere. Yeah, especially not for a monkey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also noticed that the the animal control woman, her trousers were very high up her body. Yes, I don't know why. <laughs> I noticed it too, and I was just like, why is she dressed like this? Because she's similar height to to Monica, and they've tried to make her look quite frumpy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's got she's a lot stockier a person than Monica, I guess yeah. you'd say, um, in proportion. Um, but she has got them like pulled like really high up yep. and like belted and I'm like she's not wading or angle fishing <laughs> no. like, what, what is she doing um, but it turns out that the woman who's turned up has a name she's called Louisa and the gang are familiar with her they are but I have a question before we get into that she has a pole to trap Marcel which is a pole that you put around like a dog's neck and then you tighten it so you've got control of it I don't know how she's going to do that with Marcel because it's quite a big loop yes Marcel's a very tiny monkey uh, he's going to move very quickly. Well, and he's a monkey. They're very yeah, dexterous. Like, like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how that's going to trap him. He can pick up rice. So I'm pretty sure he'd be fine to like, you know, grab the pole or the loop yeah. and be like, no, I'm not going in there. I, I think maybe a butterfly net would be better for him. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just pick some more. I mean, yeah. maybe she's not good at her job. Maybe. But still, or she's there. thinking it's a bigger monkey. More like a gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God, a silverback's free <laughs> yeah. in New York. It's King Kong all over again. <laughs> but she's got her uh, pole. And uh, she's all prepared to go. So let's get them reacquainted. First of all, we haven't been introduced. I- I'm Monica Geller. Oh my God, you are. And you're Rachel Green. Yeah. <gasps> Louisa Giannetti. Lincoln High. I sat behind you guys in, in homeroom. Oh, <gasps> Louisa! Oh my God! Monica! It's Louisa! Louisa from homeroom! Yes. You have no idea who I am, do you? No, not at all. Well, maybe that's because you spent four years ignoring me. I mean, would it have been so hard to say, morning, Louisa, or nice overalls? (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Eh, It's not so much you. You were fat. You had your own problems. (laughs) But you... Bitch. <laughs> what? Right, you know what? Be that as it may. <laughs> Do you think you'd just help us out here on that monkey thing, you know, just for old time's sake? Go, Bobcats. <laughs> I could, but I won't. If I find that monkey, he's mine. Dun, dun, dun. So many questions. More Monica fat jokes. More Monica. Yeah, well, she was fat. She was. <laughs> um, I'm never sure what a bobcat is. I think it's some kind of large, like, cat, prey, big, mountain cat type thing. Uh, it's not that big. But they're, they're, called... they're, they're kind of like larger than a cat, but smaller than like a average sized dog. Okay. But, all right. Yep. It's weird that American teams all have mascots. Yeah, it's sports in America makes me very jealous growing up. Well, bobcats are quite aggressive. It's not something you own. Okay, fair. So you know, you know how like cats, you know, are stubby creatures with sharp teeth, but they're not they're not big enough to take you down. This is a cat that's big enough to do some damage. Well, yeah, yeah, it could hurt you a little bit, right? Fair. I was always jealous of American schools and their sports growing up. Um, don't know why I was wasn't remotely athletic as a child, um, but just the whole idea of like, oh, you can. You can be on a sports team and it's a big part of like the school. Yeah. You know, we all support the school football team or whatever. Whereas at my school, the football team was a soccer team and there were like 11 kids on it and they'd go play games on like a 
evening in the minibus yep. at some of a random school and no one cared. No one in the school cared. Unless unless they won something and you'd be like, they won and they won't go, hey. But even then, no one, I don't think my school ever actually won any football trophies in my time there. Right. But at the same time, just no one cared. Like they'd, they'd smash some other team 7-0. Yep. And like the people on the team and the PE teacher would be really excited. The wider school did yeah. not. It wasn't even like there was a, they got a mention in the newsletter. They just existed. Yeah. It was really weird. And then obviously you watch American TV and like the, the kids on the hook got like fancy jackets. It's, it's, a, it's a little too far the other way though, isn't it? I guess. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's fun to not be no. a jock in high school, I guess. I don't know. No. I mean, I was a nerd anyway, so I'd have been a nerd <laughs> in England or America. Or it wouldn't have yeah. made a difference. Um, but this is going to sound odd, but I don't like Louisa. I get really odd, like, school shootery vibes from Louisa <laughs> because she hasn't let high school go and it's weird and it's a problem. I guess so. Because I've bumped into people in, well, since leaving high school and secondary school and they've been, like, happy to see me. And I've been like, you are a total word I won't say on the podcast. Yeah. Like, the entire, the entire time. Like, why do you think we have some kind of nostalgic friendship to talk back on when you were mean to me quite a bit? And, like, I'm channelerish, I guess, and would make lots of mean jokes, um, normally as fun. It was never intended to be mean. Um, but there are people that were, like, legitimately horrible to me in school who I'd bump into, and they're like, oh, Ryan, how you doing? How have you been? And I'm like, it's you. <laughs> and I'm just like, it took me a while to realise that, you know, like, 10 years have gone by, and they aren't the same person now that they were then. Yeah, they don't remember the horrible things they did to you because it was fun at the time. Yeah, at school it was I. It was just school. Like, I, there was a guy who, who punched me once out of nowhere and I hit him back and then that was about it. It was like two punches and nothing else happened. But it stayed with me. It's just like a, there was zero need for that. It was like his group of friends were bored and I was there. Yeah. And like smaller than them. And I guess that's, I guess that's where she kind of feels in this because like American school culture, at least from, you know, what we get presented with on TV... Is very clicky. Yeah. So if she's been, you know, Rachel was part of the popular group and then she's like probably laughed at for, for being fat or being a nerd or being a whatever. Like she probably had a miserable time at school, right? But let it go. Like if you hold on to it, like when I bumped into this person years later and they were really happy to see me, I was like, well, clearly they don't remember that this affected me in the way it did because they wouldn't be talking to me the way they currently are if they did. The difference here is the power has shifted. So at this point, she's in control because she's like the, the animal person who's ready to take your monkey away. And then you've got the, the horrible Rachel that you remember from school pleading with you to not take the monkey away. Nope. So I, th I, think, I think it's like a power situation on her part. It's like, well, no, you was horrible to me. Why would I do you a favour? I agree that the power dynamic has shifted, but I think that Louise needs to let it go and needs to become a little bit more emotionally mature and grow up. I guess, but at the same time, she is doing her job as well. Yeah, but now it's spiteful. Yes. No, yeah, yeah, oh, no, that's my point. It's petty. It's, and, yes. Normally I'm all for pettiness, but in this instance, it's petty and spiteful and mean. Yeah, she, and she, she's not being like, look, sorry, this is what I have to do. She's like, no, I'm definitely going to enjoy doing this to get back at you for all those years ago. Yeah, it's not like Marcel's mauled somebody in the street. Like, no. There's just a monkey in the building. No. But uh, Chandler and Joey are off on the search for the monkey. Now they knock a door and a pretty woman answers. She does. I mean... How have they not seen this woman before? I know apartment buildings are pretty big, but for some reason I assume that they would have seen her at some point. Maybe she's new. You don't know, right? You know, but they, uh, the woman hasn't seen a monkey, but she asks the guys if they know anything about fixing radiators. They don't. But then a second pretty woman arrives, and for some reason is carrying alcohol. So it's she's got alcohol and she's got a long shirt on, but you can't see what she's wearing underneath. Yeah, I'm assuming nothing given that the radiator is <laughs> broken and it's super hot in there. Yeah. 
You know, it's very much implied like, look at these attractive young women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he's channeling, he's completely like stunned at this point, and he can't believe what he's seeing. And he looks back and forth, but like to Joey and the girls, like, is Joey seeing this? Are they real? Oh, are they there? Yeah. And jo- Joey's probably used to this, right? Yeah. Well, Joey's just like, how you? Do? Joey's just like, okay, these women are hot. Yeah. But to be fair, in Joey's defence, as we'll see in a bit, he is kind of slightly more focused on trying to find his friends missing monkey. Um, but Chandler wants to help the girls but Joey refuses again another example of Joey you always say Joey's the best friend yeah. um, and he asks the girls for pictures for himself which I like because it reminds us that Joey might be the best friend but he's still Joey <laughs> if he was smart enough he'd be like sorry we need to go to help out our friend but how about we come back later because you literally live just down the hall from us yeah like you're around the corner and yeah but so he ruins it with the whole picture thing he could he could have seen them any time and who knows right I'll be honest, Mark, if your monkey went missing and those girls answer the door, you've lost yourself someone looking for a monkey. <laughs> like, you, I ain't finding that monkey. I ain't going to tell you where I was. I was looking for the monkey the whole time, but I was definitely in that I, apartment. I had to look under her bed, under the covers. Yeah. I mean, the idea of me being able to fix a radio is just as unlikely, but... <laughs> but you, you would probably give it a try. I'm like, well, the monkey. I don't know where the monkey is, but I can help these two attractive ladies yes. right now. Yeah. So technically, that makes more sense to do. Yes. <laughs> But Monica and Phoebe are in the basement, and they do track down Marcel. Uh, there are no half-dressed women in this basement. Though. No, it's just it's just the monkey. There's, there's a lot of focus on uh, electrical panels and danger, high voltage everywhere. Just things that make it look. Like yeah, a, like, yeah. Like, like, this isn't a set where we dressed to no. look like a basement. It's a basement. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but they do find Marcel. But Louise is hot on their heels, and she orders them out of the way as she loads a dart into a tranquilizer gun, which is excessive. Like. It's a monkey. Look how small he is. Like, does she know? She doesn't even know what type of monkey. This is why she's bad at her job. Mm. She doesn't know what size a monkey is. She doesn't know species of monkey is. She doesn't know anything about Marcel, his metabolism or anything. And she just arbitrarily loads a tranquilizer that could like, potentially kill him. Well, that, yeah, that, that dart was pretty big. So if that's going to hit him anywhere, that could easily pierce like most of his body. Yeah. Like, it's, not, it's not going into his like rump and, you know, doesn't feel it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's not even ringing into question the contents of the dart. No. It's a, like you said, it's a missile essentially hitting tiny Marcel. Yeah. And then for she knows the amount of tranquilizer she puts in could just kill him. Which is just a bit, no, get out of, you know, what you're doing, Louisa. We really don't like you and your stupid high-waisted <laughs> trousers and now you're trying to shoot Marcel. <laughs> um, but as Louisa fires the dart, Phoebes jumps in the way to intercept it. And I actually does so the theme from Shaftesbury's, which is really funny. Yeah. And completely out of place to be fair. Like <laughs> Chef's like the notoriously yeah. violent cop who go to any means to get justice on the streets. And she's jumping in front to protect someone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Surely you could have picked something else to put music to put there. I yeah. don't know. But then Phoebes takes a dart to the butt. She does. Which is pretty comical, to be fair. And it, it seems to start working quite quickly. Yeah, I guess it would strain to your bloodstream. Yep. Her butt goes numb, or one side of her butt goes numb. It does. And uh, Marcel manages to escape during all the kerfuffle. Which is pretty cool. Uh, Marcel then runs into a hall where he finds a banana, and two arms reach down and grab him. Some very large, <laughs> bare arms yeah. that, given you've seen the episode, you'll find out later where Marcel actually went. These arms are not reflective of that person at all okay these arms if you I don't know why this that stuck out to me so much but these arms are like male thick arms of someone that has clearly done some form of exercise not the arms of a frail old man that may have a Belgian waffle okay <laughs> <laughs> like it's just in the, they're not even like they're bare as well so yeah. every time you see Mr Heckles spoiler alert that's where Marcel is um He's got a robe on. Yeah, yeah. There's no robe. There's, there's, there's not even the same skin tone. And I'm just like, of all the people who shot this, it must have been the handler who picked up Marcel. Yes. Maybe that was the only person who was safe to do it. But just put the 
Oh, because the way he picks him up as well is like he grabs him by like one arm and lifts him up. And like, if you ever picked up like a cat, sometimes you pick up a cat and go, oh, it's really light. <laughs> it's like, it looks a lot bigger and heavier than it actually is. But the way he picks him up, you're like, no, that's got to hurt him if you just pick him up by his, his arm. Yeah. But now we know that someone, and as I'll spot for you, Mr. Heckles has got Marcel. And we cut to Ross and Rachel outside looking for the monkey. And uh, Ross is very, very frustrated at the situation. This is ridiculous. We've been all over the neighborhood. He's gone. He's, he's just gone. Ross, you don't know that. Oh, come on. It's cold. It's dark. He doesn't know the village. Oh. <laughs> now I have a broken foot. Oh, my. I have no monkey and a broken foot. Thank you very much. Ross, you know, I've said I'm sorry like a million times. What do you want me to do? Huh? What do you want? you want me to break my foot? Too? That... Okay, here, I'm going to break my foot right now. There. Ow! Oh! Oh, God. Oh, my God. There. Are you happy now? Yeah, yeah. You know, now that you kick the sign, hey, what? I don't miss Marcel anymore. You know, it's not like I did this on purpose. No, no, no. No, no, this is just vintage Rachel. I mean, things just sort of happen around you. I mean, you're off in Rachel land doing your Rachel thing, totally oblivious to people's monkeys or to people's feelings. And you, 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 I don't even want to hear it. No, you always, you, I forget it, okay? I'm like, Ross! What, what, what? Hey! My banana man! Hey, hey. And again, Ross goes off on Rachel. Yeah, he's just like really going, like digging in, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, she's not going to fall for you this way, Ross. Like, <laughs> no. It's definitely not the way to win her over. Um, I mean, th this whole scene's just weird. Like from the, the being extremely horrible to her and then there's a banana man just doing delivery. Like now you could maybe have like a delivery or Uber Eats or whatever. This guy's just got like a box of bananas on his shoulder taking them to an apartment. My assumption is that the person in question just called the local like deli or whatever and went, Get me a crate of bananas, and then it's New York. I imagine they bring you to him if you want them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like if he was taking them to a restaurant or whatever, and everyone was like, "Hey, get the banana guy. We can take some bananas to blow Marcel out." That would make more sense than where this is going, which is Mister Heckles was going to receive this banana delivery. So he's kind of ruined your disbelief a little bit. Like this oh, massively. Plot device is massively unlikely. Yeah, to... yeah, he is massively. Like, or at least give me some context. Like you want to see the phone call happen where the guy agrees to bring bananas to yeah. the house. Because you know, half an hour ago he just found out there was a monkey on the loose. So he's then called up someone, gone. I urgently need bananas in a crate brought to me. <laughs> it's happened. And someone's gone. Cool. We'll definitely do that. And he's on their way. Like it, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to make sense. I guess I, my, I just only went to New York. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. To as, as, as a plot device, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But but uh, the guys tail Banana Man um, to an apartment, and uh, let's have a listen to what they find. Hi, did you order some bananas? What about it? Give me my monkey back. I don't have a monkey. Then what's with all the bananas? Potassium. <laughs> Marcel? Marcel? Okay, where is he? Where is he? Marcel? Marcel? <gasps> Marcel! What have you done to him? That's my monkey. That's Patty. Patty the monkey. Are you insane? Come here, Marcel. Come on. Come here, Patty. Come here, Marcel. Come here, Patty. Here, monkey. Here, monkey. Here, monkey. Okay, give me my monkey back. That's my monkey. You're both going to have to take this up with the judge. That's not my monkey. Just the dress is mine. You can send it back whenever. 
All right, I want my monkey. No! Oh, come on, Louisa. Sorry, prom queen. You had to be a bitch in high school. You couldn't have been fat. <laughs> uh, Mr. Heckles is great. Yeah, I, I love his, you know, quick ears of stuff. It's like, why do you need bananas? It's like, potassium. Yeah. Like, That's my monkey. That's part of the monkey. It's like, it's all these lies just ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, for someone you think's weird and strange, he's very on the ball, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, a... for, for, for things. Very savvy. Uh, Marcel and the tutu looks great. I notice there's a lot of cuts here, and I wonder if they just like had trouble getting this scene. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know it's that stuff very often, but in this episode, it was like only scene. It was like, oh my god, like stop cutting. It was like trying to watch Taken when they climb up <laughs> yeah. <for> a fence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old cliche. Now it's just <laughs> oh okay. Um, I mean, Louisa traps Marcel in the cage at the end of this clip. So she finally figured out, you know, what to use to trap him. <laughs> like she... Pole pole that's too big, dark gun, small cage. I feel like she went back to her van and there's yeah. like a manual on the seat and it's like, how to trap monkey? Yeah. <laughs> Bring one cage. Yeah. <laughs> Just that's all she had. Like, oh, okay. Um, but then after the scene, Rachel basically blackmails Louisa into giving Ross the monkey back. Which I think is the great way out of this. It makes sense. I mean, well... <laughs> I, if I was Louisa, I'd be like, oh, and tell my boss I shot Phoebe in the butt with a dart. Like, she leapt in front of it. I'm not responsible for that. Potentially, but... Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, right? I just, if you're going to be a petty, mean person and not help out people, I feel like you need to be con- have faith enough in your convictions to do it, whatever. Like, if I decided I'm not going to help you out, Mark, for old yeah. times' sake... I don't care what you black more if I'm not helping you. I feel I feel like her bosses they would be like you shouldn't have shot your gun in front of you know a person because that's dangerous. Blah blah blah. She, she probably would have got fired. To be yeah. Fair, yeah. Oh, especially in America where there's like zero employment law yeah. and it's just you're fired. And you're yeah. like, okay, there you go. But you know it's nice to see Rachel. Like, what I like is it's almost fitting. Like Ross is oh you had to be a bitch in high school. Yeah. And then Rachel's like well being nice didn't work so I'll just be a bitch and blackmail. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite cool. Uh, but then we go back to the apartment. Ross and Rachel are chatting. And Marcel seems uh, quite fond of his new tutu. Yep. Now let's have a listen to the conversation. Listen, I'm, I'm sorry I was so hard on you before. You know, I just... No, oh, Ross, come on. No, no, it was my fault. I almost lost your... No, no, yeah, but you were the one who got him back. You know, you, you, you were great. Hey, we uh, still have that, uh, that bottle of wine. Are you in the mood for uh, something great? Sure. Yeah. That'll be good. All right. Uh... I mean, Ross is a bit mental here. Oh, he's always mental, right? Well, it's like he's gone from, I want to ask Rachel out, to screaming at her about missing a monkey, kicking a sign and breaking his foot. And then the second the monkey's back, he's like, I'm going to make my move. Yeah. And it's this, just a bit. Yeah, this is the problem with Ross. Like, as we get into like further series, his personality becomes very weird, and which is why I love all the fan theories of like he had a mental breakdown, because he does. He he goes from like left to right very quickly and doesn't think of how he's acted. And she's like, "Oh no, I you know I'm over that now, so you should be as well." Yeah, it's like I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're not fine. Um, yeah, it's a bit odd. Um, but just as Russ is about to make a move, he gets interrupted again for the second time in the episode. He does. I was thinking about uh, <laughs> how mad we got at each other before. And um, I was thinking maybe it was partially because of how we... Uh, how... Rachel? Barry! I can't. I can't do it. I can't marry Mindy. I think I'm still in love with you. Oh! <laughs> 
We have got to start locking that door. I'd love all the farce, like, of trying to stop Ross and Rachel getting together. <laughs> and, and you can tell they're, like, scrambling now. Like, oh, we've, he's, we've had a cat, we've had a Paolo, you know, what now? Barry enters. Like, as, as a youngster, I don't remember if I was frustrated. But as watching this back, even though I know the entire history of Friends, I'm still like, oh, my God, just yeah. like, <laughs> like, I'm frustrated again. And I know they get together. So, yeah, it's, I can imagine when you were watching that, live i mean i can't remember but i imagine if you were watching it back in the day when it first aired barry bursting through that door you would have your popcorn would have get in the air you'd have been like for god's sake just... well I, I don't think so because you hadn't spent enough time with ross and rachel and hadn't seen their relationship it was just more uh, guy kind of likes woman well from what the writers said in the reunion that hmm. they'd be you know chatting to people or people would find out they work on friends but oh my god uh, ross and rachel gonna get together i feel that would have been way after this though well, they made it sound like it was while they were the first episode was on, from from what I remember. Because I we don't know how far ahead they get, but they have to be quite a few episodes ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, it sounds like they would have shot most of the first season as it was airing before it aired. Yeah. So I'd imagine that while the public had been invested, you're probably trying to negotiate season two. Yes. Yes. Um, but from the sound, from what I took from the union was that everyone was very invested in Ross and Rachel, at least America-wise, quite early on. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I bested I was as a kid as he was going back I, I assume they, they pushed that angle as well like we've seen with all the celebrities they've brought in they they probably put in the magazines ah oh, Ross and Rachel Ross and Rachel constantly like and we're pushing yeah and American media is very different to ours so if, if Friends was kind of ubiquitous as ubiquitous as it seems like it was in the first season I would imagine that the cast have been on like every single talk show yeah. every day every week for how many weeks at this point talking about the show and over here you've got like what the BBC and maybe ITV we've got two stations you might watch yeah so, well, and Friends was on Channel 4 and they just kind of put on American TV shows. Yeah, that was just, uh, we, we'll fill the air with other stuff because yep. it's there. Um, but then we have a little kind of final episode sting. Uh, the gang are sat around and Monica's showing them pictures of her high school performance in The Sound of Music. And uh, the reason you can't see the Von Trapp kids is because she stood in front of them apparently. To which Chandler remarks, I thought that was an Alp. <laughs> and that's my joke of the episode, which we don't have a clip, clip, <laughs> my a clip joke, for. My joke. I haven't got a clip for it, but no, we don't. I loved it. Like <laughs> Earlier on in the episode, woman played with my take care of my monkey was my joke. That was going to be my joke yeah, for the episode. Yeah, yeah. And then all the way through the episode, I'm like, yeah, that's my joke. That's my joke. That's my joke. And then he calls Monica an Alp again, more fat jokes. And I was just like, no, this is it. How many cameras were on you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't call a girl a mountain. It's just inappropriate. <laughs> no. But, uh, a solid episode, I'd say, Mark. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it's ex- exciting. Uh, we get to see a lot of Marcel. We've got Mr. Heckles in there. Um, and if you were one of those Ross and Rachel shippers, like, surely at that point, at the end of the episode, before Barry storms in, you are like, yes, it's going to happen. Finally, it's going to... And then Barry walks in and ruins your, ruins your moment. I think Ross pretty much ruined the moment. That's the only thing. When, when watching it on TV, it's more lighthearted. But when you listen to these clips, you're like, Ross is mean to Rachel. Like, some of the stuff he comes out with, you're like... You should not be saying this to a woman you're you're trying to woo, I guess. Like, even if she has lost your monkey. Yeah, his little rant about her being oblivious to stuff, yes. seeing people's feelings, is weird because he's like, so now you're upset your monkey's missing and upset Rachel doesn't know how you feel and you're using this opportunity to have a go at her. Well, that, that's the point, isn't it? Like, he he's not upset at what's happened. He's starting to have a go at her and point out all her flaws, which are totally unrelated to losing the monkey yeah, like I get he's frustrated so you could go in some slack but it does seem more mean spirited than yes. it needs to be yeah. um, but again I guess that comes down to Rossi's inconsistent character type yeah pretty much right 
So yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty good episode. I I think it's it's going to go downhill next episode potentially. Yeah, I mean, uh, next episode there's not a a whole lot that goes on, is there? Comparatively, no. this this one, you know, everyone gets a a moment to shine in it for the most part. Yep. Um, I mean, to me, Phoebe steals the episode. Yes. Um, I mean, she steals most episodes to be fair because she's hilarious. Yep. Um, as opposed to being witty, I would consider Chandler witty and Phoebe's funny. Yep. But uh, no, I got this one of the, one of the classics. I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we never do find out why Louisa's belt's so high. No, no, we don't. <laughs> if we ever do get any of the riots on, we can find out. I I assume she has been given work clothes, and they go, uh, "We don't really quite have your size, so you can just wear this." <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. I suppose. Yep. I remember I worked at a game retail once. I um forgot my shirt, and the only shirt we had was one of like the spare shirts, and it yep. was like a double XL. And it was ridiculous. I was it was like I was in a bathrobe. It was yeah. <laughs> gigantic and I was like and it stank. It was no, it was not a fun day. No. Um so yeah, I think that brings us to a close, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Where can they find you, Mark, apart from here? Uh well you can find me at fuzzballs.co where I draw lots of little cute animals, which I just repeat the same stuff uh every time we do it, <laughs> these little things now. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how to explain it, but just just go to look at the website. I feel uh, like at this point like we have an intro recorded, we should just have an outro recorded. Yeah, that. yeah, pretty much right. Yeah, I need we we need to have more Twitter accounts and stuff yes. to to be more exciting. I I do wonder if people actually listen to this bit because I know in most podcasts when I get to it, I'm like oh, yeah, skip to the end. Yep. I, I know. So maybe maybe we should put like an interesting chat here, so then people are like oh can't skip that bit because they might say something funny. Do you want to change our preamble to a postamble and then we can do all our interesting I, I, friends news talk at the end? I think no, I think we should have a bit of both, right? A bit of both, right? So it's so a bit like, did you hear about uh, you know David Swimmer and Jennifer Aniston? Wait Stay till tuned. The, <laughs> yeah, wait till the end. <laughs> um, but no, you can find me at Fuzzballs where I draw lots of cute little pictures and I sell t-shirts and mugs and things, so you can support me there. And as always, you can find me at GameHype.co.uk. And you can also find us at uh, watchingfriends.com. You can send us an email. We've not had any emails from any of our listeners. What are you guys playing at? Well, I, I know we've got listeners. Our, our, our analytics tell us that we have people listening. So I know we're not just like saying this for no one. Yeah, talk to us, people. Yeah, so you know, tell us like, what your favourite episodes are. Yeah, I don't know. We ask enough times. Uh, and you can also find us on the social medias. At Watch Friends Pod on Twitter. Yep. And Ryan is going to get better at the socials. I mean, you know. And, and share some more content. To be fair, it'd be easier to do if we got responses. So if you want more social media from me, give me more social media and then we can banter about. Okay. Then it works. Okay. That's all on you guys, basically. And uh, <laughs> you can also email in uh, if you are rich, don't know what prenups are, and you fancy a long-haired British guy yeah. <laughs> and, and need to get married very quickly. Yes, if you've got pushy parents, we can, we can sort that out. You can hire me <laughs> as a potential fiancé for an <laughs> afternoon. Why not? Sounds good. Right, I guess we'll leave it there then. Yeah, cheerio. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week for our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.